0: Hi, I'm Stephanie Griffith. I live in Nashville, Tennessee, and am married to a fabulous musician. We have three kids, and life is crazy all the time. I believe that we all have limitless potential, and I am here to share my enthusiasm for life with you. Stick around for some quick motivation and inspiration to take on your busy life. Let's get started. Hey everyone, I hope you guys are all having a great week and thank you so much for being here with me. And I just want to do another quick little plug for my Instagram account that is associated with this um, podcast. If you want to go to UYLP with Stephanie, that is my handle on Instagram. And I do tease like each time a new episode is coming out and then I just post in between um, inspirational quotes and thoughts and and those kinds of things. So if you want to come, find me over there. Sometimes I'm going to be asking for some ideas or questions or other things, and I would love to have your opinions. So um, find me over there if you can. I would love to, to have you over there with me. Um, okay, so this week we are going to be talking about finding out what fills you up and how you can do more of what fills up your particular cup. So that is an expression that I use a lot in talking with my friends and just thinking about what fills you. Because we either can do things that fill us or that drain us. There's really no kind of in-between. You're either working to make something better or it's going to kind of get worse on its own, if that makes sense. I was talking about that with a friend recently, just about health and wellness and how like now that we're in our 30s, we're kind of in the point in our lives where if we're not working to better our health and our bodies and just those kinds of things, if we're not making sure we're eating healthy and getting exercise, drinking water, those kinds of things, um, that our bodies kind of are automatically going to go the opposite direction on their own the unhealthy direction, the gaining weight direction, the that that's the direction that your bodies will automatically go if you do nothing to intentionally improve yourself. So that also goes along with our mental health and our lives just wanting with who we want to become. Um, and so we have to start by figuring out What it is that fills us up. Our self awareness is the key. And that can be hard for a lot of people. Sometimes when you start diving deep down into your own self, you might not like what you see. And so you might rather be ignorant. You know, we say there's the expression ignorance is bliss. Well, It's pretend bliss. It's not real. You can't say that you're actually happy if you are pretending or denying who you are inside. If you don't like parts about who you are, which we are human beings, we have flaws and we can't, we where no one is going to be perfect. But if we don't like Things about ourselves, the only way to change that is with intention. And you can't have the intention to change yourself or things about yourself or improve things that you know are weaknesses if you aren't aware of what they are. How can we fill our cups if we don't know what fills us, what we love, what we enjoy? Um, speaking to moms specifically, This is just a thing where, especially when your children are small, no matter what kind of a mom you are, um, you can lose yourself a little bit when you're in those years where your littles are really little and they need you 24 hours a day. You are not concentrating on yourself. You're not thinking about yourself. You're not doing things for yourself. You're doing things almost always for someone else and it's so easy to lose parts of yourself or to forget who you are at that time. It doesn't really matter what age you become a mother. It can happen to you at any time and it doesn't necessarily only happen when your kids are small. That's just the experience that I have had so far and I definitely had a few years when my first two kids were little teeny kids babies and toddlers where i did feel lost and you feel um like you're wandering around in this wilderness of of babies and toddlers and all the things that that entails and you don't remember what you are actually like on your own and then you give to your husband or partner and you give to your other family members and you don't really have a lot of time to give to yourself and to give to friends. And I, I, re- I wish that there was a way that we could change this narrative because I feel like a lot of moms figure out as, as the years go on that they were putting themselves last and that that did no good for their families or their children or any, anybody else in their relationships. It does no good to put yourself last. And I wish we could teach young moms, new moms, like give them a handbook that says it is for everyone's well-being for you to put yourself high up on the list, take care of your own needs and your own mental health and your own self-awareness and the things that fill you up first, because then you will have an overabundance to give to everybody else. So, I'm speaking to moms specifically, thinking about what you loved before you had children, before you had babies that were wanting to nurse or eat or play or need you for whatever reasons. Before you had those babies, what did you love? What things made you happy before? Because those are the things that most likely will make you happy now if you find the time to do them. For me, I love reading. Reading has been a huge part of my life ever since I was a little girl. I can remember sitting um, at night before going to bed, my mom would read to us. She read a ton of classics. She read Little House on the Prairie. She read the C.S. Lewis Chronicles of Narnia. She read uh, Winnie the Pooh books. And we just were read to every night. And we all became readers. All of my siblings and I all enjoy reading. We actually even have a book club. my I have four sisters, and my mom and and I all have a monthly book club that we we do a Google chat because we all don't live in the same area. I'm in Tennessee. We have some in Colorado and some in Utah. So we do a Google chat and we or a Facebook chat now recently the last couple of times, and we take turns choosing books each month. And so we do we've been doing that now for four over four years that fills me up when I'm stressed when I am frustrated angry something that fills my cup is being able to read all different kinds of books if there if it's a good story I will read it I love it I love reading I also love to sing and singing is something for me that's been a hobby it's always it's for fun my husband is a musician for his job and he sings and plays guitar and is in a band and he records and he produces and he does all different kinds of things in the music industry. Um, you know, he does that for his job. He gets paid, but it also is a passion of his or he wouldn't be doing it for his job. But for me, singing has always been a hobby, something that I absolutely love. It fills me up. I love listening to live music. I love going to concerts, I love Uh, I love singing in choirs. I love singing with my husband. I love, I just love singing. Singing makes me feel full, like overflowing with happiness. And I just love it so much. And so that also fills my cup. So I know if I'm feeling empty or spread too thin, I have got to find a way to sing because it really, it really helps me feel better. I love to learn. I love learning, especially from other people and their stories. And so part of that goes along with reading. I love reading about other people's experiences because their stories and experiences help me to shape who I want to be. And I've always taken ideas from other people um, on the way that I want to live my life. I listen to how other people live theirs, and I think, I could do that. I want to do that. That sounds really amazing. That's what I want to do. And then you go and you do it. And traveling has become a passion that I love so much that we don't get to do as much right now with our kids being the ages that they are, and they're in school and those kinds of things. But we do try to have the adventures that we can have, even if they're close to home, so that our kids can go around and appreciate all different kinds of people and places and things. I love traveling. I love getting inspired. I love listening to, um, I think I've mentioned this before, but like Oprah's Super Soul Conversations podcast is one of my favorites, either watching the show or listening to the podcasts. They are so inspiring because she has all different kinds of people on her podcast. And I mean, every kind of person. Some people are spiritual leaders. Sometimes they're actors. Sometimes they're activists. Sometimes they're, um, you know, religious leaders. Sometimes they are sports people from the sports world or athletic world. um, All different kinds of people. People in business who've excelled in the business that they're in. um, Nonprofit people. She just, she just is, it inspires me to see all the wide range of people that she gets inspiration from and that she wants to inspire us with. And so I really appreciate that. But that also fills me up. Getting inspired by other people's stories and, you know, happy stories, happy news, those kinds of things. just It just inspires me. It fills me up. Um, for an example, I babysat for years because we needed to bring in a little bit more money than my husband was bringing in at the time. He was working a day job. This was before he became a full-time working musician. He was just doing side gigs um, as a musician at the time, and I was babysitting because our kids were small and I wanted to be at home with them. It was a way for me to stay home with them and to bring in a little bit of money. I loved the kids that I babysat, but the babysitting itself actually drained me. It was so hard. I did not look forward to Mondays because even though I loved the kids, it was just the idea that I was responsible for someone else's child and that made me feel a big responsibility. And then um, I just dreaded Mondays because there was, it was just different. It was different than when I just had my own kids with me at home. So Sunday night, I just, I always felt this high anxiety, like hoping that in the the next week that nothing big or bad would happen, that I would be able to do a good job, that things would, you know, that we would be able to keep it under control. And not that I had good, I had good kids. And in particular, the one little girl that I babysat for five years from the time she was born until she went to kindergarten or pre-K. And I loved her so much, but it still was, it was a stress on my brain. And it drained me and uh, not her, but I did have some other kids that kind of came and went over those years that were um, more difficult kids. And my cup was just being drained. It was not it was not being filled. So I did find ways to fill it. But I also went through a couple of really dark years where I just struggled mentally and I didn't quite know what to do to fix that. I just needed to figure out how to fill my cup, and I wasn't taking the time to do that then. And also, it was when my oldest kids were babies and toddlers. And again, those years, you really just, sometimes you're just trying to keep your head above water, and you just can't even imagine adding anything else, let alone like, oh, I need to make sure that I'm eating healthy and drinking enough water and getting my exercise, and Also like spending time with people who fill me up intentionally instead of just like accidentally. But um, after that, some other opportunities presented themselves to me and I took them. And once I was done babysitting, it was so much better and much more filling to what I needed at that time. Now, I don't regret babysitting. It was what we needed. It was what it was the things that we needed at the time. I wish I would have known more things that I could have been doing to fill myself up at the time. I just didn't. I just let myself continue to be drained. It was really difficult and it became difficult for all of us because when mom's not happy, it's hard for everyone else to be happy as well. So here's another example. My best friend loves to cook. All that you find in her kitchen are ingredients. She loves it. It fills her up like nobody's business. So like if someone says they want, you know, a muffin or a cookie or whatever, she's like, "Oh, well, I have the ingredients for that. I'll just go ahead and make some right now." That is the opposite of me. I do not like to cook. If it if it comes in a box or it's pre-made or it's, you know, in a bag. Bagged salads are my favorite because then it's healthy. And I don't have to put it together. Um, I just don't love cooking or any of that. I don't like being in the kitchen that much. I don't mind baking, but I don't like to do it that often. Just once in a while as a treat, you know, making cookies or banana bread or whatever it may be. But she loves it. It fills her up. I have another friend who loves to sew. I do not. It does not fill me up. It makes me frustrated and I get angry because I just don't like it. It's I mean it's it's tough. I've never really learned how to do it really well. I can make like blankets and I made little cute owls one Christmas for my nieces and and my daughters. And that was fun because it was an intentional project for a gift for something and we didn't have a lot of money that year for gifts and so that was cool but oh my gosh, I'm not the type of person who's like, I just want to make something and I'm going to sit down and sew. And if that's you, that's wonderful. Good for you. But for me, oh my goodness, no way. That is That does not fill me up. It just makes me frustrated. I have a friend who loves to do floral arrangements. And while I can appreciate the creativity that goes into that kind of thing, I have no desire whatsoever to learn how to do floral arrangements. Like, that just does not sound interesting to me. I am not into sports. Some people live for sports. It doesn't, it doesn't, like, it's fun to watch a a game, but I don't feel any particular aligned um, allegiance to any team or group or anything like that. I, I, I know sports. I grew up watching sports and, and playing sports off and on. But it's not my thing. It's just not my thing. I don't love video games. I, I, it's just, it's not my thing. That's the point. Is like, we all have our things that we love. And if you're trying to convince yourself to do something because it sounds like it would be fun but then you do it and you realize that you don't really like it that much, it's okay to admit that. Like, you can you can say that, oh, man, I wish I was the type of person who loved going to museums, but I actually don't like going to museums. Like, don't make yourself go. Like, you just, it's just kind of one of those funny things that, like, we have these ideas of what it would be, especially now with social media culture. We look at people on social media and we think, man, they're living the life That's amazing. Like, they love to do, you know, whatever it may be. I wish I could do that, but then you really think, if you stop and think about it, there are things you're like, actually, I don't really think I would enjoy that very much. There are people who travel all over the world with their tiny, tiny babies and children. And for me, I end up getting just stressed. I like traveling with my kids now that they're older and I didn't I don't mind going if we're going to visit family when I had the, the when the kids were littler. The thought of taking my like baby to Europe is just awful. <laughs> For me, I just don't think that would be fun. I want my kids to be a little older when we take them on those kinds of trips so that they can fully appreciate it and so that we can also have a good time and not just feel like we need to be parenting the entire time. But that's me. And if it fills you up to to take your kids to Disney, even if they're six months old, then go for it. Do it. If it fills your cup, do it. And don't worry about it not filling someone else's. You have to find the things that you love to do that fill your cup. And once your cup is full... You can push yourself outside of your comfort zone and learn about new things and exciting things that maybe you wouldn't want to have done before. But you have to fill yourself up first. If you don't fill yourself up, you're not going to be wanting to push yourself to new things or past the comfort zone level. There's a quote. um, This isn't quite the quote of the day, but there's a quote that you cannot pour from an empty vessel. And I, I don't even know who it is attributed to. It just kind of floats around there every once in a while. But I don't know if there's anything that is more true than that. Think about a, a vase. This is, this is an example that Rachel Hollis gives that I absolutely love. If you think about a glass vase, especially we as women, we, we do this so often. And I know there are men as well that do this. But especially the women, we think about a gla- ourself as a glass vase, Think about someone pouring water into a glass vase. Now, this water is never going to run out. It's always going to be there. The water is not ever going to stop flowing. But you are sitting there as the glass vase. But as the water starts to fill up, we as women in particular, and a lot of men as well, we start to think, oh, I'm getting so much water. I need to give some to my children. And I need to give some to my spouse or partner I need to give some to my friends. I need to give some to my family relationships because they need to have some of this water too. So we start to tip ourselves over slowly, slowly, slowly so that the water will be draining out and we're giving the water to the people that we love. But what happens if you continue to tip over a glass vase? Eventually, that glass vase is going to shatter. It's going to fall all the way to the side and it's going to shatter. But if the vase stays straight and stands full, the water is going to pour and it's going to pour and it's going to pour into the vase. And the water is everything good, all the good things that will fill you up. And when the water reaches the top of the vase, what does it do? It will overflow. And so the water that you were trying to give to your family, to your children, to your friends, that water is going to get to them. If you fill up your vase first, your vase will always be full and there will be an abundance of water to give that will be spilling over the edges that you will be able to give to those around you. I absolutely 100% love that visual that Rachel Hollis gives because if we... Are an empty vessel, and we are trying to give time, attention, love, anything to our children, our spouses or partners, our friends, our family members, our other relationships, working relationships, um, school relationships, any kind of other relationship that we have. If we're trying to give our water away to someone else, but our vessel is empty, we are not going to be able to have anything to give to others, and you're certainly going to continue to lose yourself. How can we apply these ideas in our lives? We have to think about or map out what we like or love to do. And honestly, it's as simple as starting with a list. Write down all the things that you like. And if if that's too overwhelming to you, do 10. What 10 things do you really like to do? Or if there's only five things, Start there. What do you like to do? What do you love to do? And then if, if you're not sure, try it. Do the things that you're thinking about doing and see how you feel. Do you feel to, completely and totally drained afterwards? Like, and it wasn't even fun? Or do you feel tired but full? A lot of times you can tell really what is filling you up by your mood after it's over. Do you feel euphoric and happy and excited? Do you feel inspired to continue to do that thing or to spend more time on it in the future? Or do you think, I'm so glad that's over. Let's just move on with our lives like that was not worth my time. That is a huge key. So then make sure you spend time doing the things that make you feel happy afterwards, make you feel good and full. So it's not just always about being happy. It's about being full and satisfied and joyful. And then don't be afraid to say no to activities that drain you, even if people that love you want you to do things. If it's if it's too hard for you at this particular moment in your life, if it's draining to you, you can say no. You don't have to make an excuse, although you can, especially, you know, you you want to maintain relationships with people. You don't want to be rude or mean. But you also can say, no, I just don't have the energy to give to that right now because I'm concentrating on these other things. But thank you. And then you can move on with your life. Also, I think you should have faith that you will be led towards what is best for you if you are willing to try new things. There are seasons in our life, times and seasons for everything, and it flows, it ebbs and flows like like the water at the beach. And I love that idea. Ebbs and flows, you know, waves, they come and go. The tide rises, the tide falls. Things change based on where you're at in your life. You have to be open to the fact that the way you've always done something does not mean that that has to be the way that you do it now. You can change the way you do things or what you do or how you do them. You just have to be willing to do it with intention. That is difficult. But there is a way for you to do it. Um, I have a quote of the day, a couple quotes of the day. This one is from Andy Stanley, and it says, I can't ever fill anybody's cup, but I can be responsible for emptying mine. We are all responsible for filling our cup. And if we are not filling it, it is being emptied. I guarantee there is no happy medium. If we're not filling our cup, it is being drained. It is being emptied. And we cannot fill other people's cups. We can't. They have to do that themselves. You have to fill your own cup. And if it is full, then whatever other people bring to it and pour into it, it will just join in with all the other good things. But we have to fill it. And I have another quote here from Dallas Clayton. Um, He is a fantastic children's author and poet. Make a list of things that make you happy. Make a list of things you do every day. Compare the lists. Adjust accordingly. That's Dallas Clayton. So the things that make us happy, the things that fill our cup. And then think about what you do every day in your life. Compare how those lists fit together, and then make adjustments. Now, as I continue to explain to my children who don't see the point of doing chores, there are certain things that we all have to do that we don't enjoy. I don't enjoy doing laundry or dishes, but I have to do those kinds of things. Otherwise, I will be living in a nasty, disgusting house, and that does not make me happy. I like clean spaces And so unfortunately, sometimes in order to create a situation where we feel comfortable, we have to do tasks that make us not super happy. I would never tell you that it fills my cup to fold laundry, but I have three kids, a husband and myself that live in a house and we have a dog. And if I don't fold laundry, we would be drowning in laundry. I also teach my children to fold laundry. They don't like it either, but we have to do it. We have to empty the dishwasher. We have to wash the dishes. We have to fill the dishwasher. We have to do those kinds of things. Those are just normal human things. So those cannot be what we're talking about when we're talking about making lists of what fills you up and what drains you. Housework is kind of draining for everybody. There are some people who really enjoy it. What I love is the feeling of having it finished and having a clean space. So let's just, we'll just keep that in mind. But we're talking about the things that emotionally fill you up. So what what makes you happy and fills you up? What do you do every day? Adjust your lists accordingly. I think that this is a very important topic. <clears throat> I think not enough people talk about the things that make them feel full and satisfied. We throw around the word happy a lot. Um, happy is a feeling that is fleeting Satisfied and full and joyful over time is more important than just saying, oh yeah, no, I'm happy. Like, satisfaction is an important idea. If you are satisfied with your life overall, that is what is really important. And if you're not, just know that you can do things to change it. It is possible for you to make the changes in your life to help to bring that satisfaction. And the happiness comes along with it, off and on. The happiness will, will come. It will be there, along with sadness and pain and, and heartbreak and heartache and and those kinds of emotions that are absolutely completely necessary for us as human beings to grow and to learn. And it's through those things that we learn and grow about ourselves. So my challenge to you is to pay attention to your own feelings they are important. They matter. And the feelings that you have and how you feel about certain things and all different things in your life, that is going to teach you more about yourself. And when you know about yourself, you can improve yourself. You can become more. You can, you can do more of what fills you up, what satisfies you, and what makes you happy. All of those things. So I hope that this has spoken to you a little bit. I'm very grateful for you for being here. And again, come find me on Instagram and please feel free to comment and let me know about any ideas of upcoming episodes that you would like to talk about or hear about. I do appreciate you so much being here and I'm so glad that we got to talk about this today and we will see you soon. Hope you have a great day. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I am so happy to have you here with me. If you enjoyed what you heard and want to hear more, please subscribe and leave a comment so we can work together in uncovering our full potential.